Well, I guess we should probably uh, do something. Come I don't. Know. Yeah. yeah. Do you um <clears throat> like my product placement? I do. I happen to have. Oh, yeah, okay, there huh. we go. Right. Nice, nice, nice. And and your Godzilla keychain, I have um, <laughs> sitting sitting looking at me on my on my little stand right here in front of my computer. So it was very nice of you. And I like your oh, autograph. Wow. I like your signature. Really? Very I thought fancy. it was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not great with cursive. But you have nice handwriting. That's very nice. Thanks. <laughs> so, and I like the card. I like everything. It was just, I appreciated you getting it back to me. So, yeah, and no then, <clears throat> and since all your fingerprints were on it, I've been using your fingerprints and I've been stealing your identity slowly over the last. Oh, don't so. worry. The government's already done that. <laughs> yeah. So we're good. Um, all right um you know this is the first one of the your your episode one on my new show awesome. so yeah so i think it's because i just started the thing yesterday you know yeah. and like 13 people have like contacted me like i want to be on I'm like awesome you know that's cool <laughs> right. so yeah. you know i'm used to doing the intros for the other podcasts so i haven't really kind of developed one yet so i i think we'll uh we'll figure that out but um so I guess, <clears throat> I guess we'll start. Cool. Yeah. So uh, let's see, how am I going to say this? Because um, these are all edits I can cut out, you know. Sweet. So I could do something like, hello, this is Mark Justice. And you're listening to Between the Lines. That sounds so pompous. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's hey, just not me. Mark, we're, 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 we're authors. That's right. We're here, we are. Hold on. Where's oh? Now. Oh, that's perfect. I like that. Now it's complete. Now it's complete. <laughs> Welcome to Between the Lines. Um. Yeah, Alyssa, it uh, it is great to have you on board, and uh, you know me, and hello everybody out there. Uh, I'm Mark Justice, and welcome and to. Look sharp into you. That doesn't happen. Yet. I'm supposed to introduce you, but that's fine. That's fine. Oh, don't don't step on my part. toes. <laughs> <laughs> that's my job, man. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, everyone, welcome to Between the Lines. And this uh, this podcast is really just all about writers talking about writing, having a conversation about writing, why they do what they do, and. <laughs> Uh, I've known Alyssa for quite a while, um, but and we've talked quite extensively about her writing and about writing in general. So this is going to be an exciting conversation. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I guess I just want to ask you, like, hey, how are you doing? Well, when uh, Zoom actually works, <laughs> doing great. <laughs> um, but aside from that, pretty nice. I live in Japan, so I have the dream life pretty much. <laughs> Um, so yeah, how are you in the States though? Uh, you know, um, it's looking like winter, which is great. Nice. You know, yeah, I've got another week or two of classes and then a month off for break. Um, I'll start looking for a technical writing gig and, uh, awesome. yeah, then I'm going to get back into working on the fifth book and drafting and try to try to knock out the rest of the first draft by the end of the break. So I have like five weeks off, four weeks off. So that's, you know, four weeks, 30 days. That's, you know, 
if I can crank out another two two thousand words a day, I should be okay. You know. Awesome. I like that goal. It's a good yeah, goal. Yeah, it's a good goal. We'll see how that, you know, if it really works. But yeah. So, you know, this this podcast as opposed to my other ones, you know, which is more of a QA format, we're we're gonna have that, but I kind of want to just have this kind of like a discussion, you know. Um, you you just kind of got into writing as of late. And I have to say, you've been on a like bender, man. You have <laughs> been cranking out like tons of words <laughs> and sentences and paragraphs. Um, and that that's really exciting because, you know, spoiler alert, here, here's Alyssa's first book. <laughs> daughter darkness um and this sucker is huge it really is i know uh like 400 457 pages <clears throat> give or take now i know you had a brilliant editor and mentor uh, that i did in this he's very brilliant um <laughs> recruiting him again <laughs> excellent <laughs> I'll take your money too. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I, when, you know, we, we talked about this and we're going to get it into, I know we're kind of going bass backwards into the whole thing, but um, I know you've had your heart set on like making a trilogy. I think most writers who, who've grown up reading fantasy are inspired by things like Lord of the Rings and you kind of want the the trilogy, but this book could have easily kind of been broken into two, I think, two 250-page books. But you were really insistent on making it a trilogy. Can, can, yeah, like, what what yeah. was it about having a trilogy that was so appealing to you? Well, good things comes in, come in threes, right? Except for four-leaf clovers, you know, those four leaves. But uh, uh, I don't know, just three. Three is a nice balance. You've got your beginning, middle, end. And I think that's that's a great format. I think that's why a lot of writers use that format. The trilogy is very popular. It's popular with movies too. Just a nice way to break up a story. And all these books are going to be huge. So they, uh, yeah, as you're you gonna said, they probably, probably make... should have been six books. But I think three juicy novels is fine. Because for the people who actually like to read, they're going to like this series. Because it's not, it, it's, it's, it's very dense, right? So yes. you're already going into this, you're going into this with a dense and large book. So the text and the prose is dense. And mm -hmm. if, if you're going to really read, you may as well read these because there's a lot to read and there's a lot to unpack in the story. So I think a trilogy with three huge books can cover that well. Yeah. Um, you know, KTP marketing would, would suggest otherwise, like, if you're going to do a series, the more books, the better. Mm. So you could have had six yeah, books, but you're still, yeah, um, in that in that regard. But you know, that's the thing. As much as someone was giving you that brilliant advice to make <laughs> them into six books, if I can remember right. that guy's name, um, <laughs> uh, there is something about the trilogy that's very attractive, you know, and I, mm -hmm. I get that. Uh, I think when I was younger and, and trying to come up with a fantasy series, there was always the sense of trilogy. And yeah. I think, it, it, I'm not sure if it was necessarily inspired by Lord of the Rings, but so many other kinds of fantasy books 
were in that kind of format, that sense of trilogy, you know, a sense of completeness and wholeness. And, uh, you know, the one I'm trying to work on and, and get ideas for and pushing it and pushing it back um, may end up being something like that, but I have no idea, you know, I mm -hmm. never know what it's going to be like. So, but um, yeah, well, you know, let's, let's kind of go back a little bit to the beginning you know, since we've kind of come in this way, that's, we're just breaking all the rules. Uh, tell me, tell me, you know, what got you into wanting to write in the first place? Like, well, I was, I've been writing stories since I was a little kid. That was one of my favorite pastimes. And as a child, I would see authors and stuff and think, yeah, I want to be one of those one day. And for a while, I didn't think I was capable of it, that I just, I, I didn't know how to logically arrange a story. I didn't think my writing was that great. Um, and eventually I was like, you know what? I've had this one story for several years. For whatever reason, I was possessed with the notion that it had to come out. And I, I really wanted to share it with the world. And I'm glad I did because the responses have been really positive. What about you though? So you're, what you're saying is you were possessed. Let's talk about that. Um, I'm curious as to this possession. Um, have you seen anyone about that or sought help? Or, yeah. okay. I got, I got uh, say it's, it's been a, it's a self-diagnosis and I'm doing great with it. Um, yes. But I, th I think I was, like yes. That, yeah. it, was, it was like a, a, a divine inspiration, if you will, that this must happen. This needs to happen. Mm. It felt like it, it should happen. Yeah. And suddenly after, especially after talking with you and stuff about writing and whatnot, I was like, okay, here's someone who actually believes I'm capable of this. And of course that boosts your confidence. So thank you. You're but welcome. it was really, it was I... really inspiring to see Good. that there were a, a very small select handful of people who were like, Hey, you should come out with this book. You know, you should really do this. So I've always wanted to be a writer and an author, long story short, but I, uh, long story I, long it's like 500 pages right, right. <laughs> the more you ramble man the better you got to fill those pages you're so you're more but, you're you're more like a faulkner faulkner or a hemingway thank you mm, so faulkner okay. is very verbose you yeah. know stephen king says he's a faulkner whereas mm. you know hemingway uses short simple sentences ad nauseum you know yeah. it was hot it was raining we went to the bar we went out at night. We went to see the bullfight. We drank. You know, like, yeah, that's just too, that's like reciting a list. Like, a, a yeah, yeah. The sun also, yes. Read the sun also rises. It is. It's. It's horrible. Um, but well, <laughs> Love it. well. So, so this this desire. I mean, you know, have you done? Did you do a lot of writing like before you wrote this? Because oh, yeah, for sure. Came out, for sure. Like, what, what were you writing beforehand? You know, short stories oh, yeah. or poems. My, my Google, my Google Docs is jammed. Like I, I, I actually recently ran out of storage on my Gmail account because there's so many stories and poems on there that I've written over the years. They're all terrible now because they have not aged well. But if I could workshop them, because the ideas are okay. But huh. I, I, I've always been writing. That was one of the things I did during school and stuff. Whenever I was bored. Uh, Instead of playing games, man, I was there freaking playing with words, seeing what I could put together. And I had a great time. And this story was born during that period in high school. 
especially where, and I was like, okay, I'm going to boot camp soon. It's time to actually have something to look forward to when I'm done here. And I want it to be this book because I really feel strongly about this book. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I completely get it. And, you know, and I'm envious of you in that, that you are writing and, and putting so much effort into doing what you want to do in that regard now, you know, because yeah. this is something I wanted to do when I was a teenager as well. Um, and, you know, I thought my path was going to lie a different, a different way where I was going to get into doing special effects makeup. And then I realized, oh, you have to learn how to draw and sculpt. <laughs> I'm like, I can't draw for shit. So, you know, I, I take a creative writing class uh, in my senior year in high school and I do well. And I'm like, oh, I'll just become a writer. That's so easy, <laughs> you know. Um, but there's just so many. I had my mind was just full of ideas, you know, for stories and concepts. And I was good at like getting ideas down, but I lacked the confidence to see it through. Like I had no idea of how to begin telling this story. And, and yeah. the, the ones I did were just so infantile, um, you know, like they just, they were just abortions, you know, um, really. And, and, you know, just horrible stuff. Uh, <laughs> that's very relatable <laughs> it's true it's true you know i mean i went right off the bat off the bat i was probably i don't know i don't know late teens and i had written i've been writing poetry like in and some short fiction in high school but yeah. i saw dawn of the dead you know the original george romero classic and like the next day i'm like i'm gonna write a sequel i'm gonna write <laughs> feast of the dead and and that that was my first novel, and I got like five chapters in, and I was handwriting it, and and my ex my mom was typing because I didn't know how to type at the time really, or she wanted to type it up for me or something like that, and um, and I thought oh once it's typewritten and on paper oh that means it's done, I've got a book you know, and it is just it's just pure shit, you know, and I look at it, I'm like oh my god what the fuck man you know um that reminds me though of, of some of the early books i wrote because I, I do have a few like almost finished quasi finished you know freaking crap in my google docs and it's just garbage and it's from like two years ago it's trash that's i think that's yeah. progression but that's hilarious it's it's all it's it's a great i mean we all start at the same place though you know yeah. you start you start with imitation and and with these aborted attempts because you don't know what the fuck you're doing you know exactly. you really don't but i'm going to recommend something to you two words um backup drive you know get an external drive mm -hmm. don't trust the cloud to keep your stuff this is your precious yeah. stuff one day you know and I, I did the same thing i had i had a pile of like poems and songs and short stories and um i uh i threw it all away one day I kept it for years and years I'm like why the hell am I keeping this you know and I just threw it all away and kind of started over you know with a handful of things but um well this this the fact that you were writing and you know reading I think is is the crucial part to becoming a writer you can't write well unless you've read something and kind of know how other people do things that's how you begin imitating so tell me you know talk about some of your famous or some of the writers that you loved, you know, like when you were growing up, the kind of kind of books you liked to read, stories, you know, what what were the things that you liked? 
Um, I really liked Stephen King, J.K. Rowling. Um, I don't know if you know about the Warrior Cat series, but that one, it, it, it's by like several different authors, but under under one name. And okay. I thought that was a really captivating. It's about these cats, so you think it's going to be kind of dumb, and it's supposed to be children's literature, but there's some dark dark stuff that happens in those books and they're really I think they're really good it's it's about these cats who live in clans and okay. they have like their 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 guardian angel clan up above that gives them warnings sometimes or punishes them with divine punishments and stuff but wow. so it, it's really weird but it's it's really so like cat god punishing them <laughs> is it best several several cat gods who they oh. were real cats and and they died oh. and now they're in the in the little heaven realm so it's weird wow cat heaven that's weird it's like a giant <laughs> litter box with all kinds of you know scratching posts and catnip it's everywhere catnip, yeah. one, one <laughs> right. big litter box um, but, and it sounds it sounds like it'd be so dumb but i really like that series in fact i, I want to reread it because it's just really good and i'm okay. obviously jk rolling with harry potter she just really has a great sense of wonder that she puts in those books. And obviously the magic is interesting. Um, and I, so I thought that was really good. But when it comes to Stephen King, it's not just his horror that I like. I really like how he gets inside the character's heads. Uh -huh. And that's actually something that I uh, kind of imitated in my book was having you see into my main character's thoughts, the evil, intrusive, sick, rapid thoughts that just blow up on the page like what she now she's thinking about slicing people open and eating them you know all these racing thoughts she's having and, that's an, and this is a children's book well quote unquote <laughs> no i i know i'm just being facetious <laughs> yeah it's so, definitely semi, not a, it's definitely not a book for the kitties for no, sure it, it's, it's definitely not. no it's, no it's not even see that's funny because not really young adult because it feels a little too adult but it's not adult enough to not be yeah it's it's just know, it's, it's really awkward really awkward cusp so gonna, i just marked it as young adult we're gonna call 15. it puberty fiction it's an awkward puberty <laughs> fiction. yes because it really feels like it it feels like you're a young adult and you're you're going through adolescence that's how weird you like to go to the fall harvest dance with me right your voice is cracking <laughs> Exactly. It's, got, it, it's got it's got the pimples but it's got the dark thoughts and and the brooding aches so and this is a dark book this is a really dark book um that's one of the things i liked about it you know and i think it's like how how we kind of began talking was over dark fiction you know you had read yeah. some of my stories and i was just yeah, I, love I was really impressed not the fact that you you know you read them and, and didn't didn't put like a cease and desist order down, but um, no. you actually had really great things to say. Not, not necessarily, not just in that they were positive, but you were very thoughtful and in a way that surprised me. Like you really analyzed these stories and you looked at the imagery and the, in the language and in a way that really surprised me. And at that, getting those stories back from you said, it made me say, oh, okay. I like this girl. This girl's really, she's bright. She's on top of things. And she really is articulate in a way that I wasn't expecting. Cause I didn't really, really know you that well. I mean, yeah, we knew of one you. another, but you know, yeah. and I thought, wow, okay, this, there's something special here. 
and um, <laughs> that kind of started this whole, you know, friendship and, yeah. and just talking about books and, and all these things, you know, writers and, um, you know, you mentioned Stephen King, uh, you know, what, what is your favorite Stephen King book? I'd have to say Cujo, that's probably okay. one of my favorites in general, because one, I grew up watching the movie, love the movie, but there's a lot more going on in the book than just the dog. Yeah. And that's what I think is so cool. The dog is just one of the many elements of fear in the novel. So we've got the wife, this, this one wife character who's afraid of getting older. And then she has an affair uh, while her husband's away because that man makes her feel younger. So she has fear driving her. Her husband's afraid that their marriage is dying and that his business is failing. Hence why he goes on this business trip. Um, their little boy is afraid of this monster in his closet. So you got that simple childlike fear there, but it's it's a part of the fear factor. And then we've got um, lesser characters. Um, this one woman's afraid that her son is gonna grow up to be like her abusive husband. Um, so that we got another fear there. And then the entire town is afraid of the, the, the scorching hot summer that's coming over everybody. And they're like, wow, this does not feel right. There's something wrong with this weather this year. And then we've got this pedophile guy who is murdering people who ends up possessing the rabid dog. So then we've got mm. the very basic fear of the dog and then the fear of the town um, with, with this supernatural sense that this man never truly died. And it, it's just all about fear, but it's put together really delicately and subtly um, so that it's it's much better written than the movie, obviously. The movie's great, but the novel is where you see, oh, wow, there's a lot going on here. And even the dog has these invasive evil thoughts as he's going rabid that I really thought, wow, that that's painful to read. And that's great. I think everybody should be hurt reading this because it is painful. It's gross. It's wrong. And I, I, I love all of that about it, except for the fact that the kid dies at the end, which even Stephen Spoiler King alert. Yeah, <laughs> right? Well, now I'm not yeah. going to read it. Thank this you, Alyssa. Been, novel's been out for like 40-some years, you know? It's on my <laughs> list. It's on your list. It's okay. It's, it's a whole experience, man. You got, you got to read. I recommend anyways. You got to read it. It's it's. I, Honestly, was never Simple. going to read it because I didn't care for the movie at all, and I thought I'm not going to read this dumb story. But <laughs> now there's so much I didn't realize there was so much going on. I that's that's an astute, you know, assessment and, and analysis of it. Um, well, that's that's amazing. You know, fun fact: Stephen King said he was so coked up when he wrote this book, he doesn't remember it. Not he doesn't I remember writing it. <laughs> like that's. I don't know if I wanted to say if that's truly great or sad that yeah. this is what you like. You write yeah. this book, I'm like I don't remember. Uh, so it turned out well. Apparently, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, well, that's that's something. Um, you know, that's that's something to think about. You have to have money, I guess, to get some cocaine. So um, you know, I I I just. I don't understand that, but that's uh, that's interesting. So, do you, you said Stephen King, you know, he kind of affected or influenced your writing a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, did, were there any other influences that 
as a kid because you had mentioned the you know harry potter and and the the cat the cat clans um you know it's it's not the first animal book that's dark i mean there's other like watership down is pretty dark and um, it's not as dark as that it's just uh yeah. especially since it's spread across tons of stories. charlotte's web is kind of dark mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. sad anyway i mean charlotte's you know gonna die that always made me sad um yeah you know uh except runaway ralph which is not sad i remember reading that as a kid i was probably six and reading runaway ralph i liked that book it's about a little mouse on a motorcycle. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I actually, I actually referenced Runaway Ralph in, uh, in my, my first book. So, um, okay. yeah, cool. yeah. I, I didn't know that was a trilogy as well. See, we're returning back hey, to the original, a trilogy, a trilogy of trilogy mouse books. <laughs> I, I guess so. Um, maybe people stopped counting after three. They like got bored. Like that's enough. Three. That's yeah. plenty. You don't right. want to sit here all night and read your garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, can you remember the very first story or poem that you ever wrote? That I wrote? Ooh. Yeah. I've got a lot of Godzilla fan fiction, so I probably have to go there. Okay, cool. And I have I have one of the stories from third grade, and it's it's back at home. And I actually read it on my channel one time. Oh, nice. So that that and that I was I was reading through it and I was like, wow, this isn't half bad for a seven eight year old, you know. You know, how, I mean, <laughs> I think yeah, it would be really hard on yourself to to hold yourself up to any kind of scrutiny at seven years old. I mean, right. you know, someone I some someone sent me a picture once. It was I, I'd like to know who the kid who wrote this, but the kid looked like he made a comic book. Uh, it was out of you know, like construction paper and kind of tied together or stapled together and wrote in crayon on the cover the fart that killed everybody i'm like i gotta i want to read this book you know i want to know who this kid is so kid if you're out there the kid who wrote the fart that killed everybody if you are out there get in touch with me i want to talk to you he's probably like 25 now what are you doing talking about my book um yeah then he wrote a sequel then he wrote a sequel to it so i'm like yes apparently some people lived you know um that's funny so you know one thing i've always really enjoyed about the creativity that goes in behind writing is the sense of you know world building mm-hmm. you know um your world here in your book um this mammoth sprawling tome um has has a lot of details it's not like exhaustive by any means because you've really focused on, well that's not a bad thing um i mean Tolkien, i'm still Tolkien. laughing at mammoth mammoth sprawling toe <laughs> oh this is colossal huge it's like it's like the most gigantic it's bigger than a phone book um it. it's like the, oh geez it's like a section of the bible just cut out you know yeah well this is what 10 font i think so 10 it's really small yeah because i remember telling you to go to 10 font because you saved like 120 pages i'm like i'm like they're gonna kdp is gonna charge you to print these books you're not gonna make yeah. a big time right yeah um even the kindle download it's like oh my kindle got heavier what was this you know 
Um, yeah, I, I've I've always liked creating places because I I started playing role playing games when I was a teenager, Dungeons and Dragons and Traveler and all kinds of other other games, and and through that was a really great creative outlet you know, to be yeah, able to kind of build these worlds and kind of make them and, and fill them with people who, uh, you know, have stories of their own, you know, the, the yeah. NPCs, non-player characters. Um, when you created this world or any of the other worlds that you've, you've worked on, how does that process for you? Well, that is a, a loaded question only because I'm, I'm not really sure. I would say probably more like stuff falls into place because I start with the plot and then everything else kind of fills in around it. And it's like, okay, well, this would make sense with the plot. Uh, this religion would make sense here or this belief here or this city and their customs here, you know? Um, and obviously- So as they I come have... up, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're so, fine, go ahead. So, oh, I know I'm fine. But um, so at, when you say, oh, this religion will work here or this custom will work here, does you, do you mean like the plot inspires? you to create a custom that fits in like a puzzle piece or do you think oh I, I need a i need a ritual here um i wonder what that ritual would be and then you imagine that or or how does how do those pieces fall into place probably more the former um because i i have the story idea and then everything else just kind of falls in like logical makes logical sense okay. you know Okay. Um, for example, in, in my novel, we've got these dark magic sorcerers. So I thought, okay, they practice dark magic. They can have a dark god who gave them this power. And on top of that, if they worship a dark god, they probably have some kooky rituals where they kill and eat people. So let's throw that in there too. <laughs> yeah, it's an you know? obvious next step. Of course, dark yeah. magic and then a cannibalism, obviously. <laughs> right? I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty good sized leap to to jump from just dark to automatically cannibal you know automatic cannibalism yeah. were you watching you like um you know wrong turn or something at the time you know when you were writing that Mark, I, I gotta say i was watching the news so. okay. well kind of missed the, the missed that story um inspiration, you know. inspiration drawn from conspiracy theories which may or may not be true uh news stuff stuff that bothers me my favorite media for example skyrim you wander around skyrim enough you're gonna see some uh cleaned off skulls sitting on pikes and uh blood and dead bodies in these little caves and these sorcerers eat them these these vampires oh nice you know, and then you, you start pinching you gotta pinch from everywhere and put it together and now it's your own product so it's a lot of different a lot of different sources for that material yeah well we're influenced by everything right yeah for sure I mean, you can't you can't create in a vacuum nothing survives yeah. in a vacuum as you know Peart writes uh so there has to be i mean and we're all products of, of popular culture i mean product the popular culture surrounds us it's the water in which we live like you know if we we're a fish yeah. it is the water that surrounds us and yeah. and i every writer i think was it was a plato or no some some ancient writer so there are only like five seven basic plots you know every story yeah. becomes one of those plots right. and so there you know while there's nothing new, we we kind of give fresh, hopefully something fresh within a genre, um, right. because that's what makes 
genre is so satisfying in a way is that we know we know the formula we we know the the tropes that go in there and so we work within those parameters but we also try to find some ways to invent something new you know within yeah. it those little those little kind of tweaks and making those characters with that personality i find to me like it was really rewarding to have this town existing before i wrote anything i was still plotting it out but this town was alive you know juniper was kind of growing and the people were becoming more real all the time um, did you as you were plotting even though you had your plot down you're developing characters did you ever experiencing you know anything like that as you were writing um do you mean just like characters coming to life and such or yeah you know like when when you were developing the story and and developing these characters like you know because you have some really interesting characters who have their own very unique personalities like twilight who's this kind of you know innocent sweet girl at first but then she turns into this like monster and it's delicious to read her <laughs> to this transformation you know even though there's this like she's fighting against these urges but she's mm -hmm. like yeah i kind of want to kill him and i'm just going <laughs> to give into it you know i'm like yeah it's very carnal um it's, it's a sense of like you know and then, then you have this lusty character zamora who was my favorite um you know but she's she's yeah she's great she's a constant though you know because your story arc is really in this in this trilogy you're gonna have it's really through twilight you're developing yeah. her story arc and so she's gonna you know she's got this arc where spongebob says imagination yeah. um yeah. and so other characters around her can be less dynamic even though you know there's there's some static so when you tell me like you know tell me about zamora like let's just talk about some of these characters like when you first thought of this character or whatever she became what was going through your mind as you were creating her i i wanted someone who kind of embodied the 21st century female you know just someone who's very i guess confident but to an extreme and someone who's it's all about her it sounds really awful about 21st century females but you know the type right the instagram influencer type you know so I she's thought, okay. making tiktok videos badly dancing she would be she imitating sure would be. others right okay yeah. So I wanted this woman, but I also wanted her to be more elegant than that. Just more like a, a little bit like uppity, you know, not just, not just, oh, I'm hot stuff, but also yeah. I'm better than you and you better recognize that because yes. I'm very selective. Sure. That sense yeah. of arrogance and conceit yeah. and contempt so for others. Like a, That's what I like uh, about I mean, her. You know, yeah. she's, she's confident in her sexuality and her looks <laughs> right. and she doesn't really give a rat's ass, you know, I'm like, it's, it's kind of pure in a way. There's no conflict with her because whatever conflict that there was that made her this way, it happened in her past, you know, and now she's just like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I love it. I love, I love hearing people like make these, these comments about the characters, especially her. Cause she's just, she, she's the, the freaking the dessert dish if, if twilight's the main course she's the dessert you know and 
and she's just a lot of fun. But she's actually she's gonna have some interesting moments in uh, the final book. So look forward to that. Yes, but, I hope we get uh, to see more artwork of her. You know, a whole series <laughs> of some more pictures. I actually you know. do want some art of her when she's in her dinner gown because it's really elegant and yeah. really nice. She's got some interesting makeup going on too. She's got her right. hair up. I want to see her with her hair up and stuff. But for sure, I'd like to get some yeah. more art. Now you've kind of you've taken upon yourself to do some like cosplay with your characters. Mm-hmm. So how you know um, what? What made you decide that this is what you want to do to kind of show off? Because you're embodying it. Because, I mean, it's obvious you're, you're Twilight in a way because the character, <laughs> you guys have similar features. I don't know if you knew that about her or not. Um, I know, shocking, right? Um, but you could also do a pretty mean Zamora, you know? And yeah. it's like you put on a different I wig did. and throw I'm on some lipstick and you, great. yeah, you look at the camera with, you know, smoldering and like, Look at me. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm convinced. So what was it about like dressing up like these characters? Did it, you know, why, uh, I guess I can ask why you did it, but it looked like it was, you're just having a lot of fun with it. I was, I think it's a great way to um, get more into the characters literally because they're wearing their, their features and stuff. Um, and also I think the audience really likes cosplay. So it's a way to be like, hey, this is my creation and I can show them off. I can be them. So it's an acting thing. It's a sh- uh, display showing of, of the character kind of a thing. It's a lot of different things at once. And it's also just, I feel like it's creative because um, that's that's me taking, I guess, note of what I've made and saying, hey, look, I can I can be this for a day. I can yeah. I can show this. I can do that that smug Zamora look, and and then at the same time I take that wig off, put a new one on, and suddenly I'm I'm the brooding Twilight. You know, it's yeah. it's fun. It's cool to feel like my my characters for a second, because to every author the character is a little bit real, and they are made from real people. So you are you feel like a real, like you're really in the universe for a moment. Yeah, you know, that that universe you made. Yeah, it's true. Um, because sometimes there's that magical moment. You know, because writing is difficult. There are times where it becomes like automatic. You know, that the characters take over, and you know, I'm a, a visual writer, so I see things, and I'm just trying to put into words what it is that I'm seeing, like watching a movie and and just typing up here's what's going on but there are times uh where you know you have to put those words in their mouths but other times it's like you know what it is that they're going to say you the scene takes over and there were a couple times in my first book what that happened it was just it was just automatic and a lot engaged black it's like from the first moment like i just knew him you know uh it was beautiful so you know do you yeah. do you have those moments as well? Like, did you discover that there are times where you, you know, you said you've been taking out this wig and making your new characters, but when did the characters like take a life of their own? Do you remember moments like that? Yeah, I think I think Twilight was one of those where it's just like, okay, I've lived a little bit of the life she's lived, and I. I so you've been eating certain... people. 
you've been eating, killing people and eating them. Yes. Okay. Okay. I just wanted. Hey, what, did I say, what did I say before the Zoom, Zoom call? If, if the Zoom call didn't, work, I have to go kill and eat people. <laughs> oh. I'm also a Satanist. We should point that out too. So, <laughs> well, not yeah. really to anyone watching this. Don't want to give them the wrong idea or the right <laughs> idea. Depends on the person, I guess. But, but aside from that, well, yeah, if he's out like, there, I'm sure he'll be flattered. So, you know. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, this, these characters really do. Once you have an idea, they really start speaking for themselves, acting for themselves. Kind of say that, oh, I'm not a control character, I'm craziness, but they really do start to feel like, okay, this is natural progression and this is how it's going to go. Mm -hmm. Zamora, I knew her right off the bat and she's smooth sailing the entire time. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm like, yeah, this character, she's going to act this way. She's going to drop chicken into her bra and make everyone at the table look at her as she takes forever to get it out you know like she's right. that person she likes a show she wants to be the center of attention and that's how she is so that scene was that's probably one of my favorite parts in the entire book is is that scene and then the whole like the whole dinner scene there when they're out in the courtyard i love that scene it's so fun a whole chapter is just fun yeah you you when you get that sense when you're having fun with it and you you know how much you're having fun writing it you you gotta get a sense of thinking that the audience or the reader rather might also be really loving this part have you did you kind of yeah. think that as well like oh yeah i think yeah. this this is going to be fun someone else is going to like this too yeah <laughs> yeah there's a there's a part there's one of the my favorite quotes from the book which is also during the dinner scene because the dinner scene I just I think it's iconic for for my own reasons right they're eating dinner <laughs> they're eating people of course that got it on other plates <laughs> and um the one guy says to Twilight um something about what is it the the, the breast is your father's favorite part or something or, or some craziness I, I don't remember exactly how it goes because you know, trying to think of it now, it escapes me. But there's this funny part where probably the breast tissue—that's that's your father's favorite. And it's just a little scene that no one comments on. It's just there, and it's just so good. I love it. It's uh, like chicken, you know. They say <laughs> that's that's fun. See those, yeah, <laughs> those little moments. As a writer, you have to put those in. You have to do those little yeah. things just to make yourself happy. You know, yeah, it's it's like sure. it's these little tiny, almost like the Easter eggs that you know about, that you're hoping, kind of hoping to see if yeah. anyone else will, will will find them. <laughs> you know, and I did that a lot. Um, I did it in my movies, you know, Easter eggs and stuff. But I I did right. it in my cozy too, um, because I thought, okay, mm -hmm. let's just see if anyone gets these references or not, and. Um, only a, f a few people have gotten a few of them, but no one's gotten them all. You know, after I explain it, they're like, oh, you know, oh, okay. Um, right. You know, but but having, you know, a character, you know, my homage to H.P. Lovecraft in this book and or Charles Adams, the creator of the Adams Family, uh, you know, those those little moments are hysterical to me. You know, like, and because no one's going to get that. But for me, right. it makes me happy. 
like okay you know it's like it's like mystery science theater 3000 like i remember you know i did a paper on them and when i was in grad school and i remember them saying you know they write over 800 jokes for a for an episode and they said if we write a joke and one person gets it we're okay with that if no one else gets it you know that's fine and so i kind of love that that the bravado like look we are having fun with this and if you can't have fun with writing something or creating something then why do it you know i mean um and 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 meeting people who kind of get that joke or they get the reference it's so satisfying like oh okay thank you they got it you feel validated yeah like i did Good job, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like this was intentional. I named this character this, or I'm, you know, I'm referencing this intentionally. You know, and the fact that they get it is great. And I guess maybe they're not expecting it. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, but you know, your genre, um, you call it YA fiction, but it's pretty, pretty dark for YA. It's there's <laughs> horror, horror it elements, dark fantasy. I, I would say would be more appropriate. Everything. You know? Gothic fiction. I don't even yeah. know, man. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's I don't think it's gothic in a way, not traditionally gothic, but it's definitely dark fantasy. You know, you got yeah. elements of that and and some horror stuff. Um yeah. you know, which your your themes are kind of are kind of great. I mean I they I'm like a moth to that black flame. But for the people who knew you, like growing up, like how many of them were surprised when you're like oh uh i'm writing a dark fantasy oh well i don't really keep in contact with them so um but i will say a couple people i guess that i kind of know um my one my one friend from high school she started reading it but she never finished it so i I haven't talked to her since but scare her away I love it and everything. She never finished it. So, you know, we graduated. And once you graduate, the world ends and all your high school friendships are over as far as I see it. But um, depends, you know. Yeah. My good good friend from high school has always loved my story and always believed in it. So he's, I guess he doesn't really count because he's always been there Mm -hmm. from from the beginning with this story. Um. I do wonder how how normal people, I guess, would interpret this this work because it really isn't like you said. It's no light fair, and no. I don't think this book is for everybody. No, now, definitely not. Do, do I feel like the themes are for everybody? Yes, but I I can't say. And I'll make little jokes and I'll make little skits and stuff about people complaining about how dark it is and stuff and it's like I just I just don't think it's for everybody and the more time passes the more I realize hey it's okay to not write a book that's for everybody but it can make you feel like you're some kind of monster because you wrote a book with characters that act monstrous you know it's like I'm not really I am not this cannibal killer person right but oh god damn it (laughs) I'm so disappointed right now oh I'm sorry you know, I, I could tell you the truth, but then I'd have to kill you, so. That'd be great. That's, <laughs> That'd what, I've been, be great. that's what I've been waiting for. I'm like a slab yeah. of marble beef here. You know, I'm like, wag you. <laughs> I would be such good eating. You know? Oh, man. Oh, man. That reminds me. 
of, a, of, a, of another cannibal story I wrote in eighth grade. It was actually really good, uh, but it's terribly written. So it just seems to be fixed. So you really have this obsession with cannibals then? I do. There's something so wrong and disgusting about it. That's okay. just, it's like that is, that is the level that you stoop to when you have nothing else to eat. And it's like, yeah. you know, would you or eat Or it's a choice. It depends. Like if I have a, if, if I got a can of cream of mushroom soup or I'm eating someone's torso, I'm going for the torso. You know? oh, man. It's like, you got to choose. Well, I'm going to recommend some things. then. since you're into cannibals, have you read the book Alive? Uh, I, or, or seen really the movie weird. it's about the, really the true weird. story of the, the soccer team that crashes in the Andes and they oh resort to cannibalism yeah, yeah. That's there's that um, and then I also recommend the movie Ravenous mm. uh, which came out I, I think in nine, maybe 2000, 1999 maybe wow. um, something like that early 2000s oh that good is time. so good yeah you know there was a great podcast um What's it called? Heavy metal horror, and oh. they they talk about the movie Ravenous, uh, you know, and and talk about it. And I think, you know, oh, you should no. check it out. Yeah, heavy metal horror, which can be found at unsaneradio.com or Whoa. on Heavy Metal Horror Podcast on YouTube. So sounds like a plug to me. Yes, it's the best kind. Um, yeah, that's interesting that you're into cannibals uh there's just there's something to so messed up about it and, and then it causes apparently you can get uh brain defects from eating that you know it's like, and it's that's like mad cow disease like mad yes, cow disease right. and which is one of the most fun words to say you know bovine spongiform encephalitis so <laughs> it's fun yes it is um that's interesting so that's good that's you know you're working through your your issues about cannibalism through your writing um because you know writing is therapeutic ultimately yeah. no matter what you write and that's i think why we always are told as writers to write what you know you start with that and yeah. the fact that you're writing about cannibals that makes me very excited like what on earth did Alyssa see in her life growing up that she's <laughs> going full tilt on the whole cannibal orgy thing you know like that's, that's the thing though if you would you would be horrified at how simple and, and well brought up I was you know just my very simple typical you know stereotypical white middle class upbringing and and cute little rural rural Washington mm -hmm. and you'd never think that someone like me would get these ideas but it's just it's the person I guess not it's all it's it's sometimes nature sometimes nature versus nurture. nurture right yeah so well, just like Mary Shelley you know she shocked the world with Frankenstein um you know and they were like what 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 how can you write this and that's the thing i think when, when it comes to art we have a hard time in our american society i'm not sure about other cultures to of separating the artist from the art mm. you know i'm sure stephen king gets hundreds of letters you know condemning him like i can't believe he's so evil like they'd be afraid to have him come you know to to their house for dinner um yeah. and hannibal lecter um but yeah. but you know, as, as writing, it's it's fiction. We know it's not real. That's the yeah. thing. We tap into our id and just let it come out. 
and no, we're creating fiction, yeah. you know, and we were in the moment you're like in heat when you're trying to write it, or trying to write a really good scene. I mean, when I was writing Gage Black, I was just like so fucking bleak and dark and angry. But like once it's over, it's like, okay. You know, I, I blance, I pop the boil, here comes all the pus out and like you squeeze it out. And you're like, okay, I'm good now. What's next? And right. you know, and there's like no that's the thing that weirded me out a little bit, like once I finished the book, that there's no the any of the books. It's like there becomes the emotional attachment leaves in a way it like you're I happy to, yeah like you're thinking this is my baby you. it's like no i don't believe you and and i still think i still think my book is my baby but it's not like it's like okay well i've written it now yeah and so book two and then i've i'm already not caring about book two because i'm thinking about book three and then the, right. the prequel book exactly other, a trilogy know? of prequels is that what you're going to give us a trilogy of prequels so, so six Mark, books? i'm telling you uh, there will be I've, I've had some brilliant insights some capitalist insights okay so we're gonna have the main trilogy that is the meat of the story okay. and i also want to i've wanted a prequel novel for a while for one okay. of the characters and okay. i may have backstory books for other characters poetry books I, i'm gonna do what i can with this I, well you did so, write a poetry book um i did but i can yeah. write two more for the other books <laughs> I could write a poetry book all from one character's perspective sure. because he is a poet. He Why not? Poet. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? You know, if you're, having, you're having fun with it. You yeah. know, and that's the thing, you know, the twofold thing is this idea that you write the book and then you 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 just let it go out into the world. And it's not that you don't care, but you're done with it. Like emotionally, you have spent months in this book, hours and hours investing mental energy um physical energy you know to create this thing and like once it's done you're like ah, okay i'm i'm ready to be done and because i feel that way about about three quarters of the way in, into my book whatever book i'm mm -hmm. writing i hit a yep. wall about three quarters yep. and i'm like i'm so fucking done and i and i've already seen the memory the end thousand yeah. times in my head i'm like and it's a slog fest like oh i just gotta type the words to get it said it can i just yeah. like say it i just want to say here's how it ends um and move on yep. because my mind's already like jumping ahead like hey this creation is fun let's let's go to five other books yeah, and i'm just exactly. like i just want to finish this one and move on but um that you know that's the funny thing people associate you with what you write and what kind of artist you are a writer and that's exactly why after i did the cozy um i wrote gage black the next book you know which is a splatter western and i did that intentionally because i don't want some kathy bates fan to like hobble me in our house and say you're trying to write another cozy mr man um i you know i just didn't want to be pegged into that genre and i yeah. wanted to say well, i want to write everything that makes me happy or nonfiction, all kinds of genre i just want to write you know whatever is floating my boat at the time i like having that variety you know, like just chill out it's not real it's not real but they think because you imagine it that you must be some kind of deviant you know do, do you ever get that kind of reaction from people are oh, you a I'm, deviant? Sure, I'm, I'm sure there there are there are a few people i can think of who probably think that way about me um and it's it's funny because I, I do think, I, I do want to say, I think art is in a way a reflection of the creator. 
So I, we don't want to say too much that, yeah, this dark story I wrote totally doesn't reflect how I see the world or think or anything, because it does. But I don't think it should be the defining, all, the all-defining limitation that, that you should just be put in this box, because I, I find it very funny, actually, um, when I'll tell people, you know, I really like Winnie the Pooh or or really, I love cute snowmen and stuff. You know, I, I love wholesome things too. And they're always surprised by that. They're like, oh, really? You know? <laughs> right, because uh, you can't like, be more than one thing. You can't have more than one interest. No. Like I have liked all kinds of things since yeah. childhood, comic books and music and reading and books and science and entomology and, you know, astronomy. It It's yeah. just like, you have passions throughout your life. I want to know more. I want to do more, experience more. So to be limited, yeah, to be limited is just kind of ridiculous. People tend to like think that this is who you are. You know, like you wrote, you wrote a book, Alyssa, about cannibals and people getting eaten. Um, So therefore you must be some kind of horrible person. And I write a book that's about a guy getting revenge and I must be some kind of horrible monster. If I can imagine it, what other thoughts do I have in there? It's like, yeah. That's the whole thing about the id, you know, it because you allow it to come out because it's safe. You're not going to act on it for God, you know, God's sake. You know, you you imagine it, you write it down, and that's where that's as far as it goes. But that's that's kind of the that's kind of the joy, right? People might say the perverse right. pleasure of it. It's like I can do anything because right. it's not real. You yeah. know, it's like that's what makes it entertaining, you know, and fun. For sure. You know? I think like you, I think as you, as you come out with more books, because you've yeah. got a poetry book out, um, it's still centered in this, this Merc Maiden kind of world and, and you know, universe, but as you start branching out into other stories um, and other kind of universes, you will find that people will read your stuff because they like you as a writer. And that's really satisfying that they just want to take that journey with you. They're willing to take a risk, you know, and when you yourself as a writer, you had to go through times where you weren't sure whether you were doing anything good or not, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. That's that's like 90% of the process. Yeah. <laughs> right. The other 10% is a tendril of hope that you you cling to, hoping it'll lead you to, you know. Yeah. Well, especially the first book. Yeah. yeah. The, well, that I you know, the first book it feels like you're groping and grasping in darkness. You're swimming through yeah. this. Like you have, you have an idea where you're going to go, but you don't know if you're getting there successfully or not. You know, you're floundering it's around really and you're like, tight. you can't even see like a, you know, a, a light to, to aim for, you know? And, right. but I think you'll find that too. In time, you will get people as you branch out and start writing things outside of this universe, you're going to find and have built up, a, a fan base of people who are willing to take that journey with you. And that's, that's kind yeah. of exciting, you know? It is. Yeah. Um, as far as like talking about like organization, are you a pantser or a plotter? I'm kind of both. So I will have a, a basic outline of these things need to happen. And this is where this is leading. But between there, and I was telling you about this, writing those middle bits can be difficult because I'm, I'm scrambling to find something to put to my list, you know, to fill in all the 
in between space, but usually I just end up writing. And then sometimes I don't even end up, that's, that throws off my outline a little bit because it's like, well, this just ended up here. Um, so I'm, I'm both, I'd say. Because I do like an outline. I like to know generally where things are going to go, but the middle parts and getting there is a little more difficult. Okay. Hmm. Do you think having an outline that outline those middle parts would, would help you in the whole process? Probably. I, I just need to actually figure out what I would want there. And usually that, that helps me. I, I get there by writing okay. first. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, now that this has happened, I want these other things to happen. Okay. It's like starting your branch and then you have your main branch and then one idea and boom, you got a bunch of others. You know? mm -hmm. you know, yes. That's a very active process. Your brain's working on, as I would teach my students, um, when writing, your brain's thinking of three different trains of thought. You know, you're, you're remembering the sentence that you just wrote. You're concentrating on the sentence you're writing now, and you're anticipating the sentence that will happen next. And sometimes between the three of those, you, your brain starts making all these crazy connections that, that didn't exist before. You know, because you can plan, only plan so much. And there's part of the, right. what I think magical about writing is that sense of, it's like intention, invention, and then discovery. You know, that magical sense, like, oh my God, I, I never even yeah. imagined this before. I had an idea, but through the writing, Whoa. you come into a whole different like realm or, or ideas that you never, you know, thought you'd have before. Exactly. That's it's it is it's like forming those new neural pathways, you know, like, whoa, uh, suddenly this whole section of the brain is glowing or only a few, a few cells were before and now it's all coming together. It's really mm -hmm. cool. It's a really new process. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of fascinating when it happens, it you know, and yeah. it's having the outline is great. And, you know, the way I approach it, it's not. And I know that if things happen outside the outline, it's okay. I can I can go yeah. off the path, go off on a tangent, and it's okay because even if I don't use it in a particular story, I can always cannibalize it, cannibalize it, um, for, for later. Writing prompts your brain in a way to to really think, and and it, it sparks that imagination in a way that all the planning in the world can't can't do. It's a different kind of experience, you know. It is, sure. Let me ask some other questions here. Do you have a, like a favorite time to write? Like what, what time do you find yourself most creative? Uh, late at night. Okay. Because uh, no one's awake, especially on my current shift. Uh, I, I am nocturnal, literally nocturnal at this point. Uh, I'm about to go to day shift though, so I better uh, ease back into a normal schedule, but um. I, I do really like evening, uh, like at, at twilight time is perfect. And then that starts the whole thing once you get into late at night. Because there's, I don't know, there's something about when it's dark outside and everyone else is, is resting that I'm like, man, it's time to work. But when mm -hmm. I see everyone else outside working and, and it's bright outside, I'm just exhausted and I don't want to do anything. I'd rather sleep or, you know, I, I'm very unproductive during the day, especially in the morning. What about you? When I was younger, uh, I was a night owl like you. 
-hmm. And now I do my I do my writing in the mornings when I wake up. I tend to have the most energy and most drive and most focus. And I try to write when I do and when I am writing, I try to be on actively writing by like 9 a.m. You know, one thing I've, I've I noticed again, we're just jumping all over the place here. When you were writing, did you ever have a character that came off as just being flat? Like you had an idea about this character, but when you started writing them, you realize this character has the personality of a trout and not a good trout. Um, did you ever encounter that in your writing? Like, oh, God, um, this character, man, it's just, what is this going on? It's usually my my tertiary characters is someone who's like really not super involved, but they have to be there for plot convenience, you know? And it's like, man, I don't even want to waste my energy on you, but I have to because you're here. So yeah, I definitely have background-ish characters, but I haven't had that problem with more central characters so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I get that because they kind of jump out at you, and sometimes, sometimes you don't really know what a character is going to be like until you start writing them, like what they're going to yeah, say, you know, and then they just kind of pop out. I like, again, we're changing topics here. I, I like the fact that. Your second book, and I haven't read it yet, um, seems to be much darker than your first one. Is this because oh, it's, no, it's, it's because not. it's the it's the middle story and it's like you know the trilogy, you know the bright hope and then the darkness and then the rescue, or is that how you're? No, no, no. It's actually it's it's it, this is the the nicest book so far, and it's going to be the nicest one. Oh, the second book, book is the one. nicest one. It's the nicest, yeah. Oh, really? I thought it was like um, way darker from your description of it earlier. It's like going to be really, really dark. It's It's got some stuff in there, but it's more briefly mentioned and not really a, a part of the action. Oh, um, okay. But I, I realized though the other day that no, book two is really not that dark at all. Huh. It's a lot more wholesome. But, but uh, I also, so... I kind of designed it to where book one is like, whoa, you just got thrown into something intense. Book two, she is uh, recovering from that super dark story she just went through. But while she's recovering, she's also slowly gaining her strength for the slaughter fest that, that is going to be book three. So okay. it's it's ah. a it's a calm before the storm, you know? Okay. It's be so it's yeah. like Titus Andronicus. I see. Um, you gotta read that sometime if you want to talk dark. That's Bill, <laughs> Shake, Bill Shakespeare's darkest play. Um, yeah, go go read that tonight, Titus Andronicus. Okay, well that's interesting. Yeah, because that surprises me. Because from what I read, I thin I thought it was dark, but now I like the fact that we're building up momentum. You know, the middle act really informs the final act. I'm hoping to see some of that in your book because you have a wicked sense of humor which i appreciate um but i really see bleakness in the slaughter fest that's exciting i have that to look forward to as well so that's uh did, did you know that from the beginning though like this is how the story arc is going to go over these three books or is it something that's kind of grown organically it kind of grew for book two i thought book two is going to be really bad but book two has been really calm 
Um, now it's gonna close out with the bang because I'm almost at that point. I'm nearly there where it's gonna close out the bang, but that bang is gonna then landslide into the horrors of book three and then book three is just gonna be terrible all throughout. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be a mess. 492 pages of slaughter. Well, I mean, how, how could you not want that? <laughs> probably. It's probably going to be a long one. It's probably going to be the longest one. It might be 600 pages. I don't know. <laughs> you are going to make, you're going to make like no money at all. It's going to cost you $30 to sell this damn book. <laughs> you know, print costs is going to be like, no, you're like no, Alyssa, this is $20 to print this book. You're not going to make a dime. Book two. Book two is only going to be about 330. It's only about 100,000 like words. Oh, well, it's a light fare then. Yeah, I can read that. <laughs> I can read that at Sunday dinner then. Yeah, that, 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 that is. That is bree easy breezy. Easy breezy right. beautiful. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly how I've been describing your book to other people. You know, like the arc that I'm using, one of the story devices is the maslow's hierarchy of needs and as abby begins this journey she's mm -hmm. depressed and um you know the base needs she's just lost her job so she's really focusing on survival at this moment but now that those needs have been met then she moves up the ladder you know the next mm -hmm. rung is about relationships and things like that and and eventually you know self-worth and actualization and so that's this book has a lot of really messiness where she's in her head way too much because this is the yeah. next step. Now that she's yeah. secured, now she can figure out all the shit that's going on in her head, you know. Right. Um, do you do you plan things like that for your characters? Do you do you write with intent and in, and in trying to, to use like these kinds of devices? Or are you kind of writing and seeing where it goes? And if something works and like, oh, I'm gonna use that. So, you know, how much intention is there in the creation? of your of your characters and you know that kind of thing i'd say it's like the water versus panther it's kind of just a bow you know okay. i i like uh i like i said i like a rough outline of this is where i'd like the character to be at the end this is where they start and and then i just fill in from the middle and go as i please and just kind of see how it all works out because i i think that being able to write freely lends to some great opportunities and discoveries along the way. Um, like some of the some of the spoilers and little plots in, in my story, it's like that wasn't planned from the beginning, but I added that as I was writing and I thought, wow, this works really well. And I've had several people who've read the book they're like, I didn't see that coming. That really tweaked me out. Um, so that was cool. Uh, so you just, like the middle bits it's just writing pretty much mm -hmm. that's discovery right that's the that's where they had invention intention and imagination and then yeah. invent you know and then it, and then discovery um kind mm -hmm. of happens that's the magic part um yeah well that's that's great i think and being able to work with that kind of going with that flow um yeah. tells me that you're really kind of confident in that when you know something that sparks an idea you're, you're kind of able to tell whether it's going to work well or not because if it's if it's yeah. not going to work well you could just you know just toss it out yeah exactly you know speaking of the new book um when do you think it might come out you have, an, you have an idea 
spring, maybe early summer of, of 2022, because I, I feel good about it. Mm -hmm. um, I, ever since I, I figured out my middle bits problems and I actually added in like a little mini arc for one of the other characters and I'm satisfied with it. I think it's ready to go, you know? And obviously I'm gonna wait for my beta readers and editor feedback, but I think it's, I think it's pretty solid. Good. And I like I like that it's calm and see it's calm, but there's that looming tension throughout the entire yeah. novel. So it's it's really building to the third book, and yeah. I'm having fun. I can't believe I'm already almost on the third book at this point. You know, it's kind of wild. Well, that's it shows active intent. You know, if you if you're realizing yeah. that the the tension the building swell and storm that's that's every bit as important as just you know kind of putting it out there to begin with um and makes yeah. makes the reader want to want to see that third book you want to see it through now because you know it's coming um and that yeah. could fill the reader with right. excitement or dread uh you know i mm -hmm. that's how i felt when i read the um michael moorcock's uh, elric of Malnibidae or Maldabone mm. um, fantasy series yeah. back way back in the day. Um, it was a six book series. And from the beginning, there's this basically, you know, theme of impending doom. You know, these things are coming. And by the time the sixth book and final book of the series, you know, Stormbringer, I got to that, I kind of didn't want to read it because I knew this was going to be a cataclysm. The world's going to end, you know? Yeah. And I just like, I, I didn't want to face it. It's been building up for five books. I'm like, here I am. Like, man, do I really want to, I got to see the story through, but like, I'm also dreading it. Um, right. As a writer, that's I've, the ideal, oh, that's, that's the ideal atmosphere you want to create for the readers. Dread or anticipation. It's any, and, I mean, I guess they all fit in the same thing, right? Dread is technically a form of anticipation. Like, well, this is going to happen, so I'm, I'm, I'm worried, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid of what's coming. So, anything, you know, you want, you want them to read the next book. And I'm telling you, I, this one author I was reading several of her books, it just got so convoluted, and I. I stopped caring and then one character turned out to not be the antagonist and I was so disappointed because I loved him as the antagonist and I, I never continued the series. Hmm, that's so, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I guess I see that. You, you felt some kind of a violation of a contract, you know, like you're, there's expectations with two, within limits, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Don't tell me Zamora is going to end up being a nice person at the end. I don't want that. Don't don't do that. On, on Zamora, she's not going to be a, become like a Girl Scout at the end, right? She's not going to be a nice goody two shoes. Please tell me that not going to happen. <laughs> well, I'm not going to reveal anything, but you can you can read for yourself. I will. I'll have to. Yeah, my guess is that she's not going to be, but you know, you never know. You never know about That's that. True. Um. Well, now that you're writing, how how did it? feel to see your book in print for the first time it, it it was it was seriously a high and i don't think that 
any any substance could get you high like that you know because it, it's it's not just a physical it's an emotional everything is elevated and it was just I, I was waiting for like several days for it to come and the first the first package got lost in the mail so I I quickly put in my new order and it was just so cool to hold this huge book like whoa I did this you know and mm -hmm. someone else is gonna get to read this it was super cool yes i can't even it is huge this yeah, author is it's gigantic man he could kill someone with that if it was hard yeah it's, it's about 17 pounds um that's awesome <laughs> I, I, yes there's there's something uh, that makes the moment feel it moves it from theoretical to reality when you see that. Yeah. Book. You know, like, yeah. I know I did this. I know because I remember doing it, all the work. But on a on a computer, when you see the Word document, it's so it's not different. It's not. It, right. It um, on, on the Word document, it's so, it's so, so shallow and empty and detached feeling. It's like, yeah, these are pixels on a theoretical page but then when you get that book it's like whoa this is real mm -hmm. my print is on these pages yeah and then you're hoping like oh my god i hope it, it didn't awesome. like leave too many like typos please or ellipsis you know i hope i yes, didn't leave too many that too and it, the fear is a little <laughs> <laughs> exactly the best thing ever yes. <laughs> exactly exactly see three it's Mark, it's like it's like read, the trilogy of dots. It's a trilogy of punctuation. Read, uh, oh my gosh! If you read Sarah J. Mass, uh, I was telling you about her. How so many she uses triples with all her sentences, or she'll have three different descriptions with her little commas for one thing, and then she uses so many ellipses. Were you channeling so her in your first draft? I think I might have a little bit with those freaking ellipses. Oh, not a little bit. Terrible. Not a little bit. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. That's just going to be a bunny joke now. Yes. Well, it's good. I mean, it's how, it's how we learn, you know? Yeah. And I, I have like, gone through so many formatting issues with the first couple of books and, you know, finding typos because the mad rush to get it out. I want to get it out. I want people yeah. to read it, you know. And then yeah. it just comes back to bite you on the ass when you realize, oh, shit, I got like 50 typos. My God, you know, that was my experience with the first book. And then, you know, this went through five beta readers, you know, and yeah. myself on the screen. And then when you get it in print, you're like, holy crap, that's, oh, my goodness, because you're focusing on your brain fools you. You know what you're trying to say, and your brain fills in the gaps uh, where you didn't yeah. say it. And it's uh it was a hard lesson where i had like 50 books full of these typos i'm like i can't sell these books you know i just can't it's a lot of money down the toilet that i'm never gonna get back um you know yes that's uh that's quite funny but you want to get it done um because you're you you feel that urgency but i'm learning patience is always going to win out in that regard but when it's rewarded and when you get that book in your hands that is something wonderful and uh being able to yeah 
I've never, I've never felt quite that way before. You know, I've had some cool moments in my life where stuff was exciting, but I've never, that was the coolest, that might've been the coolest moment of my life was holding that and seeing, wow. And, and it was, and again, it was so big. It felt real, like really real, you know, cause you'll have people say, oh, I wrote a book and it's like 200 pages, hundred pages, you know, it's like it's this mm-hmm. little skinny thing. And this is like, oh, this feels like a novel. And when I get my new cover art, it's going to be even better, you know? It's going to feel it's even more like a novel. Well, yeah. to be, to be fair, the genre expectations for different, for different, well, lot novel lengths for different genre expectations are, are quite different like horror and fantasy you're right in the pocket you know i mean it's still a lengthy novel 400 500 pages that's big by most novels standards anyway you know regardless i'm going to ask a few kind of open-ended and kind of theoretical kinds of things um what's the most satisfying thing about writing to you um, I think it's it's looking back over it and seeing how all the references, all the little details, all the character moments and everything came together in a coherent story. Like this is a real story and these characters feel real and this feels like it actually happened because in a sense it kind of did. Because your your world or your mind is its own inner world. So you've got these characters uh, flitting about across the stage, you know, having their little, their little jaunts and everything and having a great time. And then you get to see that. And then when you get the physical copy, it's like, wow, yeah, this is legit. You know, that's epic. But I also really like hearing people's feedback too, because that's really exciting. And when someone else steps into the story, they've never seen it, fresh eyes, and then they come out of it. I've had several people tell me they've read it more than once. I've had someone read it three times. Wow. Loved it so much. And it's like, wow, it's epic, you know? Yeah. I haven't and read like my I own books three you, times. <laughs> like I told you, it's a very, it's a very dense novel. So I guess it makes sense in a way you, you want to read back through it. If you like the story, you want to absorb all the crazy amounts of world building lore and whatever else is in there. Now, to me, my story is not complex at all uh just people people commenting that it's really i i guess dense or something not in yeah. a bad way but just like it uh, clearly because they're reading over it several times yeah there's like a lot there's a lot going absolutely. on sure it is it is yeah. dense. it's it's pretty pretty busy um so 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 that was a part of the answer about the satisfying about being a writer too is like when people read it is that what you think that the most satisfying about, part about being a writer is that the audience or reader response is that accurate? No, no, it's, no? it's just one. It's one of it's one of the perks. Um, mm-hmm. And then reading back through it and, it and it feels like an actual story. You know, that's really mm-hmm. cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to the reader response kind of justifies it, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I, I guess so. And you, it is. It's a scary feeling, and also you want to throw it out there. You're wanting people to like it. You hope they will. At the same time, you can't guarantee it. You know, you can't yeah. you can't try to please everybody, nor should you. You know, you 
first and foremost, ultimately you have to please yourself. That's, you know, I, I don't take a, a lot of advice from Stephen King. Um, I think he has some good ideas about writing and I try to be true to those. The most important thing is just being true to yourself, you know, write for you. You don't, don't give a damn about anybody else. Don't worry about what they're thinking. Just write what makes you happy. And that, yeah. that's, that's a pretty good, pretty good rule to kind of go by, you know? I mean, it's not like we're being paid a shit ton of money. You know, we don't have publishers hounding us. We're, 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 we're indie publishers. We're self-published. So, you know, why should we be concerned with trying to anticipate, you know, something that someone's going to read? Because you ultimately can't control that. You know, you don't know what people are going to like. You know, I mean, that has to be something important. Like if you're going to spend this much time doing something, it's wonderful that other people read it and like it. That's a fantastic feeling. But at the end of the day, I mean, I have to be the one. That likes it and believes yes, it. Yes, exactly. Because I'm not going to promote something if I don't really believe in it. Like, you know, yeah. if I know I'm turning out a piece of crap that's peddled to some market and it's swill. Like I'm not gonna, well, I'm not gonna promote that, you know. I mean, at least not right now. I guess if someone said, "Here's a million dollars to write this swill," would you write this? I'm like, yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, sure, for a million bucks. Yeah, what the hell, you know. Um, yeah. But we're not gonna make that kind of money doing this this kind of writing. Um, the chances are, most indie writers aren't gonna make money. But that's that's the publishing market, though. The printing, the publishing market right now is kind of a kind of an adulterance you know most published books even by publishing houses don't sell more than a thousand copies in their lifetime and uh, that's a kind of a scary thought and we're going to wrap things up here because we've been talking for a couple hours it's been a great conversation i've enjoyed it absolutely we can do it again yeah, yeah definitely tomorrow <laughs> we went and how about in 20 minutes <laughs> uh, yeah uh other than you, know, you have this book of poetry, Children of Darkness. You, you had mentioned other books of poetry, you know, based on the characters in the the Merc Maiden um, books. And what other projects do you think you might be doing in the future, aside from the the, the Merc Maiden related kind of books? What other kinds of books do you want to write? Uh so. I've got a standalone supernatural book in the works. Um, so I, 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 that's that's going to be one of the big ones this year. Oh, nice. So, do, you have, do you have a title or are you are you are you able to share that? I'm going to say that. It's, it's, okay, it's just the two of us. Yeah. Okay, just whisper it. Well, I love that. So, a standalone supernatural. Fantastic. Is it so also going to be a gigantic tome? Mammoth? Uh, probably. Knowing me, I can't <laughs> hold myself in. I sent long emails, long texts, long everything, long Facebook posts. I just can't shut up. It's just how well, it is. You, well, that's why you have a YouTube channel, right? I mean, to, to, you know, this is the say what you want to say, right? You, you have an yeah. audience there. It's true. Um, but to getting back to your supernatural, so we got that in the works. What else? What else? Uh, do you think you might want to do down the road? Like, and your writer fantasy, if you've got a fantasy about how does this, how does this play out in 10 years, where do you see yourself? Like as this writer, like, what do you want to have accomplished by then? Uh, I want probably several more series done. 
well, probably fantasy or supernatural something, you know, because I'm, I'm really into that right now. And that's a very hot uh, trend at the moment is dark fantasy. All right. Um, so, and then I just, I like dramas and uh, really dense theme heavy books, you know, I, I, I just do. I saw anything, just a lot of yeah. dense, intelligent, hopefully fiction, you know, but right. people, because I mean, I don't know what the world's going to look like in 10 years. We're already uh, reducing our attention spans to that of goldfish with TikTok, so. <laughs> well, gold, goldfish funny. have a bigger attention span than we thought previously, so it's not mm-hmm. 10 seconds. It's like a, it's like a few minutes, so, but anyway, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, we we have so much competition too for the printed word or books in general. You know, we have Kindles and such, and we could read books on them on our tablets, and, which is fantastic. Um, well, there's a lot of attempt, there's a lot of a competition, you know, with streaming yeah. entertainment and stuff like that, and and people just don't read as much as they used to. There's just too much more mm-hmm. out there to do, you know. Right. But you've got a pretty loyal fan base. I mean, you've got quite a few people who follow you on your YouTube channel, which is what, can you tell us your YouTube channels? We're going to give you some, a chance to promote now. Now is the time to promote. Where can people find you, Alyssa? Well, you can find me at my website, which is themerkmaidentrilogy.com. Or you can find my uh, author website is... uh, sharpalley.com i can give you the the spellings for those later yeah please do or you can just say it now if you want to say merc maiden and and sharply go ahead and for the people who are listening on unsaneradio.com they won't be able to see us so how do you spell how do you spell your website uh so it's t-h-e-m-y-r-k-m-a-i-d-e-n-t-r-i-l-o-g-y.com so there's that, and then c h a r p a l y dot com for my uh, author name. And then if you want to follow the YouTube channel where I occasionally mention my books and stuff, it's uh, Alyssa Goji Geek One Hundred One. That's G O J I G E E K One Zero One. So I talk about Godzilla on that channel, but I will also occasionally mention my original works. Yay! Nice. Have you ever thought about, we said you did fan fiction when you were younger, Godzilla fan fiction. Do you ever think maybe you might do a kaiju book one day? Actually, that is one of the other project I'm working on. It's the kaiju book. Oh, didn't mean to spill the beans. That's okay. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Everyone knows about it. And I I, I wish I could get rights for it, but that'll probably never happen. So it'll just be an original kaiju book. Okay. So you have an original kaiju book that you're working mm-hmm. on which is which is pretty exciting yeah. um that's great i love the multiple yeah. genres you know because that has its own expectations you know exactly. as well if you could uh write in a genre that would be completely unexpected of you what would that genre be <laughs> probably for other people looking at me they'd say the children's genre but i i think I actually have thought about writing some children's books, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. stuff like stuff that would make me feel comfortable for my little brother to announce me as an author you know, to his class. So <laughs> I, uh, 
I don't think there's any genre really. Uh, well, I guess that's not true. I'd probably say romance or anything dirty. I don't want to write any of that. Uh, <laughs> romance, so dirty, a dirty genre of romance. People not feeling not and interested kissing. Disgusting. Not interested. It's just, yeah. It's, just, it's been done so many times. It's such a trope, especially for female authors. And I just don't care. Yeah. You know? Well, um, yeah, that's so interesting. That probably, yeah. For me, that would be unexpected for me. For outsiders, they'd say, oh, she can never write a happy story. Well, that, is, that is something I'm working on, seeing if I can write a happy story. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to yeah. finding out, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on um, with the Merkin Maiden trilogy. Three <laughs> books only, three mammoth tomes coming your way mammoth sprawling tomes mammoth sprawling tomes green red roses too i see the words (laughs) yeah you know what you want to do and that's what makes it fun i mean that's kind of that's what you know writing is ultimately about having fun um you know because it's a lot of work so we might as well have fun while we're doing it you know and and uh so I want to just thank you for, sir, taking some time to talk. Um, I've really enjoyed our discussion and just kind of sharing, you know, your work, my work. I mean, even though we know a lot of the stuff about one another, just kind of being in the moment with you in a, in a way that's different. I just, uh, I've really enjoyed this. I've had a good time with you. Yeah, this has been great, for sure. We need to do this more often. It's like the first yes. time I've actually seen you like live. <laughs> Yeah. Not on your not on your YouTube things, you know. Yeah, there you go. And this is going to be on YouTube too. So exactly. Well, Lisa, before we head out, is there anything else that you'd like to to say or promote before we take off this evening? Just, just look look up the Merc Made a trilogy that Merc with an M Y R K, and and check it out because I'm and, getting reviews on readers favorite and their favorable reviews so these are random people who don't know me they're picked from a selection of readers and stuff and so those those reviews get you stickers so hey nice (laughs) excellent and people can find your books on amazon yes they can they find on amazon and at my websites which were mentioned before yeah nice i i think um, your website has a wonderful quote um, about you. And it's one of my favorite oatmeal? things. Yes, you are so much I more think, than oatmeal. I think I that want is, that. I want that on my. I want that on a mug. You gotta have that, right? It's a brilliant quote. Um, it is. It's really great. <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot of. There's a lot of truth writing. to it. It's a truth to it. Really? You know, and I know that person meant every word of that i'm sure they did yeah and i appreciate it which is why they're on my author website yeah and i appreciate that too um that's or that person rather that person appreciates it yes i'm sure (laughs) yeah well it's good it's good uh you have been watching and listening to between the lines you can find us at unsaneradio.com you can download full episodes or listen on your device you can watch us on our youtube page if you're watching this is where you're at the youtube page is between the lines podcast 
it's funny. I wish I'd known there were so many other damn Between the Lines podcast pages. When I came up uh -huh. with this, I would have thought of something different. But, you know. It didn't Original and your unoriginality. It's okay. <sighs> what are you going to do? I found a nice font that had lines. I'm like, well, that's nice. You know, I'm like, there's just nothing new. Nothing, nothing brand new. At least that was about, I didn't want to call it like writer talk or, you know, like writer to writer. It's like, eh, no, 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 no. But between the lines, like, ah, it's, it's fine. You know, we're just having a good time. We're having a discussion. So if you are a writer. Yeah. And you would like to join me for a chat. <laughs> on between the lines email me at between the lines 54 at yahoo.com it's between the lines 54 at yahoo.com so here's my cheesy outro so see you next week between the lines wow uh, you like that that's pretty good right yeah standing ovation i came oh you're sitting oh now you're standing there you go. <laughs> the slow clap. <laughs> See, that's that's all we needed. <laughs>